good. I'll, I'll just click the record button now um, so it records it all and we can just edit the front bit out. Okay. So right, what are we so what are we talking about today then, Carl? What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, what are we talking what about? What idea was this? It was mine, wasn't it? And then you like but it came from you. Um your Point about the negative mindset. The negative the power mindset. Of positivity. We'll probably have to think of a witty title for this, won't we? We will. Yes, yeah. we will. So I wrote down a load of questions. Did you? Now, I was hoping you had, because I, I don't feel like, well, I, I brought with me my stuff that I go through clients with on limiting beliefs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what kind of questions have you got then? Well, I got, well, I thought I would start by asking you, given that we're on, we're kind of talking about people getting over their barriers and, and some of the things that they do is they turn to other people to help them. So I thought, what is the most common reason that you um, get for someone signing up to your coaching? Why do people choose to turn to you? Well, interestingly, I would say when I first became a PT, the only reason people used to come to me for coaching was they wanted to lose weight or run faster. <laughs> <laughs> but funnily enough, um, you then give them all the tools to do that and they might lose weight for a little while and they might start to run faster, but then more often than not, they, um, their habits were non-sustainable. And I have to admit that through through breaking my own leg last year and having to go deep into my own mindset and try and drag out some form of motivation i am i've had I've been thinking far more about how i can help people and now i talk for far more about the the mindset um, side of motivation so actually i saw the people come to me and say i want to lose weight and i want to run faster but they acknowledge now that they i can help them by tackling their mental barriers that have stopped them from being able to hit these goals themselves previously gotcha right okay because yeah i mean any, anyone can um, can google how to run faster and anyone can google how to lose weight um and yes read it all you can learn it all online and you can go and do it but actually i think perhaps the action of signing up and um committing themselves to you as a coach has a massive bearing on it. But what's the difference? What, what do you think is the difference in the mindset for that? What, what causes them to achieve more by coming to you or to someone, to anyone? For that well, I think anybody benefits from somebody else's perspective. Uh -huh. um, I definitely, um, I've got my own coach. Mm. I've got a, I've got my own mindset business coach who helps me break. Cause I'm, um, sometimes life is busy i think before lockdown especially um we live in a really busy busy world and it's very hard as it's very hard to have the time to sit back and reflect and actually consciously make an effort to think about how we do things and if we if we are doing them to the best of our ability or are we doing things in the most effective way and sometimes i think you need an external person to help break that down mm -hmm. so that's kind of as a PT 
the first thing I do is I say to someone, right, what is your lifestyle then? What do you do? I know you want to run faster. And in your head, it's because you think you're not running enough miles each week. Mm. But actually, you're not eating enough carbohydrate. You're not sleeping enough. Um, you're spending far too much, I don't know, time um, at the gym doing sort of junk, junk hours without much purpose. The flex. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bit of that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a bit of a long-winded, long-winded reply. But I guess, yeah, I guess though the answer is that it just it helps to have somebody else look at what you're doing and see and just with who's got some expertise in the area to see whether whether they could help you just enhance what you're already doing in a better way. Well, that's one of the things. So I, I, uh, you know that I did the Lakeland Fifty. Um, yes, well done. Yeah, that was mental. But the point yeah. with that was, I knew that in my head it was right on the cusp of being possible for me. I knew it was physically possible because I'm <laughs> kind of geared up that way, and I get that. But I knew that I would struggle with doing the training, uh, with committing myself to doing the training. So I got a running coach over the winter months, especially because it was really, really difficult to get myself out. So I kind of had to almost get someone to bully me to go out. Yes, accountability is a massive factor, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think so, because I, I paid this, um, this lady, a brilliant lady, by the way, Lucia Leonard, um, does, specialises in ultra running. But she, um, yeah, she bullied me, and she would, she, I was accountable to her, but also I paid her a good, a good load of money. Yes, it does. Do you know what? It's, it's interesting. I, over the years, have helped out numerous people um, for free. Yeah. I'm not so much. Um, I did it at the beginning a lot, thinking it was a really good thing. But actually, people don't tend to invest as much effort and commitment if they've not paid for it. Yeah. So actually, even if, for example, I didn't really want to charge someone, mm. um, I think making someone pay makes them get their mindset into a shifted into a place where they're going to take action more yeah i think you're right i'm, I'm convinced of that sort of thing but the weird thing is it, we've all got it in us haven't we to do amazing things yeah absolutely and, and yet quite a lot of the time and this was true of me me some time back you you you're limited um by your own well we spoke about it before you're limited by your own mindset so you, yeah. you literally say, there are these reasons why I can't do it, so I won't bother trying. Rather than thinking, there are these, these reasons why I can do it. And often, often the voice in your head, like your self-talk, is highly inaccurate, um, not helpful at all. I said this in, my, in a live talk on Saturday. It, this, our inner voice often talks a load of tripe but we give it too much heed and without realizing it as well um well obviously our self-talk is reflected subconsciously in, in just how we speak i hadn't realized so part of the reason why i started having some coaching myself i hadn't realized how negative my inner voice was and how many limitations i'd given myself not in terms of sport in terms of sport i've always I think I've always naturally been quite sporty. I've never felt like I've got limits and barriers. I feel like I'm invincible a bit with sport. But in terms of earning, like earning money, um, I 
I've always had huge barriers into what reasons why I will never be successful. Mm. So actually, um, you know, just before lockdown and during lockdown, I had, a, I had to, I, I assessed my little inner demon voices and rationalized with them and realized that I was really holding myself back in life because I was listening to these silly notions that I wasn't very good and I wouldn't do very well. <laughs> well so uh, we haven't we could probably should have done this at the start but just if you give us a background about where your sporting and, and what your achievements are there or where what your what who is Kelly as a runner? Okay so I started running when I was 10 and just did obviously as a kid track and cross country and I was always I was um could have trained harder but did, did really well. I was sort of one of the quickest in the region. I um, yeah, really enjoyed it. But then I sort of fell out. It got very competitive and I fell out of love with running, to be honest. It got a little bit too, the pressure to win. The more you win, the more pressure is to win, isn't there? And I, as a kid, I found it all too much. So I sadly sort of fell out of love with it. Became, um, yeah, became an older teenager. Hit the biscuits and the crisps and the chocolate. Became a bit of a tub. And um, I didn't do any exercise at all. No, not a single bit until I'd um, literally had my daughter. Yeah. And I had this revelation and thought, hang on a second, must address the four stone cake game. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good cake game, four yeah. stone. Um, and I, I thought, oh, what can I do? And I just thought, oh, I'll have a try at this running again, shall I? <laughs> and after, after a month, I had decided... I did actually really like running yeah. and, um, and I decided there and then I am going to run the London Marathon. In a, I, so I gave myself a target of a couple of years time yeah. and then a few years later I, got the, I did get a, luckily a place at London and it was um, my dream come true and so I went from being a complete non-runner yeah. um, many many years to then being, being kind of um, committed to going out once or twice, well, twice a week, it's a bit of an exaggeration, once a week for a few years. Yeah. But then I then got a marathon place. And suddenly, like you were saying about motivation, I had, a, I had something I had to, I had to stick to. I, had, a, I had, a, had, a, had the virgin marathon training plan to follow. And um, the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Paper money. Yeah, and I did, um, I went out with the goal of doing a nice gentle marathon. It was before the days of owning a running watch. We ran by a feel, mm -hmm. and my, I had a little motto that I would just enjoy the whole thing and run with my mouth closed. So I wasn't allowed to puff. Right. Just coast it. So I'd enjoy it. So, and I did it in 3.49. Decent time. And but it wasn't until I finished that a friend said, oh, you're only four minutes short of good for age. You could have got a good for age place. Like, what? Yeah. Didn't know they existed. And, and I then had this moment of, oh, my goodness, I could be a good marathon runner. And then I made it my mission to then do my, yeah, do my darndest to get really fast. So my record time so far is three hours and eight. Sadly, haven't broken three hours yet. But that's the mission. Break three hours. But, um... Yeah, I think. Your mission and, is still to break three hours. Say again. Your mission is still to break three hours. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. I've got it in me. I know I have. I'm sadly out. I see. I'm, I'm ever an optimist. I've been out with a. Um, I'm waiting for a neurological treatment to my spine because currently, I, whenever I run at the minute, my right leg goes to sleep, and I do run like hair flick from a low a low. Um, <laughs> but you know, come having the treatment, I'll be back on track. So I'm ever the optimist. All right. Well, yeah. There we go. And and that's kind of bringing us back in to to what is and isn't achievable. Um, you know, is there is there something that you think isn't achievable that you could probably achieve if you really thought about it right now, for example? You know, I th- what do you think you're rubbish at? Gosh, what am I rubbish at? Say nothing. It's okay to say nothing. Pickups, football, shocking, shocking. No, I, I am pretty um, yeah, pretty bad at um, yeah, racket sports. Yeah. Yeah, hand-eye coordination, not great. No, not great. All right, and then, and then I would I would miss hitting it, but I'd get a rounder in without even without even hitting it, but I couldn't hit a ball. If someone else was hitting it, you were running. Yeah, so but then you know Absolutely. we're talking here about something that you're not good at because you're just completely uninterested in it, or is it more a case of you just haven't got the ability? Because I think everyone's got the ability, haven't they? Not to be yeah, actually- excellent at something, but to be better. You know, it's made me think about something that I've been working on a lot this week with my son, and that's um, our disposition to learning. <clears throat> so I think that has a massive factor in then our, in our relationship with anything in life as we get older, motivation for exercise, um, whatever. I personally have always had quite a good disposition to learning. I like learning new things and getting good at them. So I'm, I've always, I'm born quite an optimistic person. Yeah. And if I fail, just keep trying and trying again until you succeed. So I don't, um, but my son, for example, we're battling at the minute with him. He's the opposite. He wants to do things really perfectly. And if they're not perfect within two attempts, that's it. Game over. Uh-huh. And that's quite true with a lot of um, clients, though, in terms of health and fitness mm. and trying to motivate them. Some people... Um, some people have un- unrealistic expectations of what they can achieve in the short term. Yeah. I but... think... Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, it's all right. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think um, one, of, one of the things I notice um, is that lots of people say that they are... Um, take my, so I do an illustration workshop every Tuesday. The kids um, that join in on that get very frustrated if they can't make their picture look like mine straight away. Yeah. And one of the things I do throughout the the workshop is I make it absolutely okay to make mistakes. And A, or a start again, or B, leave it as it is and just carry on and see how it goes. Um, because it doesn't matter. Because the next time you do something, you can do it a little bit better or do something a little bit differently just to keep improving. And then this time in eight, 10 weeks time, you can look back on your picture that you did that you thought was rubbish and, and, and say, well, okay, I know I did that wrong, but look at what I can do now. And the mistakes I almost encourage. And one of the teachers, uh, I think you know, Tracy Quarrell. Yes, I love Tracy. So she has her class joining and she sent me a message um, straight afterwards saying how helpful it was and how timely um, you know, if I'm drawing a, a circle and it comes out like an oval, uh, because I'm not all that good at drawing, but I just keep doing it. Um, if I do a circle and it comes out like an oval, I say, well, it doesn't matter. We'll just use that oval. 
Um, and, and she says it, it really helps the class because the, some of the kids in the class were struggling with not being perfect first time. Yes, that's a really I say that, free. It's interesting because um, one of the things I get so many times I get told by clients, oh, we're midway through a run. If I'm taking someone out for a run for a training session and if I'm making them do a nasty hill rep session and they'll be blowing like a locomotive and I'll be going, well done, really good. Use your arms, no at all. And often they'll say to me on the way down on the recovery, oh, but I, you know, you're just so much fitter than me and I'm puffing. And I say to them, right, you're a hairdresser. I can't cut hair. <laughs> I'm only out of, I'm not out of breath because I do it all day. I practice, because it's practice. Yeah. It's, um, it really is, every, with everything, I, I believe that anything, that it, everything's worth practicing for if you want to get good at it. And that's part of the fun. If you were good at it, if you were immediately excellent at something, where would be the, in, the, the satisfaction of getting good at it? Exactly. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think that's, that's all sort of part of it i mean those, those mistakes you know it's, i know it sounds a bit cliche and a bit corny but you don't learn anything by doing anything brilliantly first time around no you really don't and, and shit happens and that's fine but you don't learn anything um from from getting it right first time if you get something wrong and then you you realize what that thing was and you can put it right the second time how there you go that's great I I think that's one going back to sort of what you said before about why do people come to me as well the um I think one of the key things that in terms of um motivation and goals one of the key things I always do is from the start say right so your goal your dream is dream big first of all what is your dream goal what do you want to achieve by using me but then it is t it's absolutely essential to then break that down into medium and short term yeah. for motivation goals just to keep people engaged. Because, I mean, if, if, my, if, my, if my sole motivation had been run sub three marathon um, for the last, like, how many years, seven years, mm. that would have been the only thing I was focused on. I think I'd have given up. I'd, I'd have been demotivated by that. Yeah. I think my computer's making a bit of a noise, by the way. I don't know how to stop it. Don't worry I think about it. I think I'm getting notifications. I do apologise. It doesn't matter. I think everyone's used to this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, with notifications coming up on chats and stuff, it's fine. Um, so yeah, all right. Well, so how has so how has seen your clients' um, progress uh, improve and, and develop affected your own confidence, perhaps from a coaching oh, point of view? Massively. I my my self confidence doesn't really come from what I achieve. It really doesn't. My 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 confidence comes from how I help how I can help other people and affect their lives positively. Absolutely, you know when when I do when I do good races, I um when I got my PB at London, I crossed the line and I had a bit of an emotional. Oh, that was good. Well done. Well done, Kelly. Pat on the back. But within half an hour, I was like, right. But how can I shave off more minutes? And I was already on to the next thing in my head. How I could get better. However, ran ran Cambridge Half Marathon with a lovely client this year. She smashed her PB by six minutes. And I've just cried for quite a long time. <laughs> Pride, of course. <laughs> but no, I really, I, yeah, I, I do my job because I just, I just love the, the positive um, impact I can have on someone's life. Make them live longer, make them healthier. Yeah. 
in terms of my why, why did I become a PT? It was um, a few things. Um, initially, the thought process had been there because I'd I'd got stuck indoors, having had the children stuck indoors, couldn't get out running, had to find ways of staying fit before I went insane. But then it was um, what really tipped me into becoming a PT was losing my, my stepfather to cancer suddenly. And his, his cancer was possibly avoidable had he had a slightly healthier diet. Uh-huh. And I thought, gosh, I really need to help people. I, want, I don't want anyone else going through what we've gone through because it was an avoidable death. He died quite young. And um, I just really wanted to help Yeah, people just know how to look after their bodies get the most out of it and live longer uh-huh and you see that it's like it can be manifested in different ways and i guess that half marathon pb for that person is something they did they think they could get at that time or did you know no, they would go yeah they had the, they had a goal a dream dream time and they wanted to get that like three or four months previously training like life got in the way training training didn't go quite to plan um, due to illness and work and family. And the goalposts were completely changed and revised to yeah. just just a, a PB. Mm. But we got within, or I think it was, um, we were in less than two minutes within the dream time. So... Over the top of it, so she's got to go back and do it again then? Well, yeah, that's, um, yeah I might actually take it back there to the same, the same race next year. Because that probably be that be that be the next, and she was, and she will smash it by miles next time, by miles. And there we go. You see, so I, I know because uh, I've dabbled with running, obviously in the past. Uh, well, not obviously to everyone else, but to you, because um, I I um, had it in mind to try and get a sub two fifteen mar- a half marathon marathon. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> sub two fifteen half marathon time. Um, and I was at uh, Ipswich. So all my times prior to that had been 2.30, 2.38. Uh, one of them was like 2.40 something. So quite a long way off. But uh, I could feel myself getting fitter by doing lots of shorter trail runs. Yeah. And I went to Ipswich and I got 2.18. And I thought, oh, hang on a minute. It's, you know, it's bloody close now. Let's, let's give it some welly for this. So then, then uh, the same year I went and did load. And load is nice and flat. I don't know if you know load. I've lost you. Load is, um, I do, I've got a love-hate relationship with load. Yes, I love it on a non-windy day. It's all oh, I'm going to Wind say. is awful, isn't it? Yeah, terrible. I terrible. It on a day where it wasn't windy. And it was just adorable. So I, I love the fens anyway. But I thought, hang on a minute. And you've got that really good target. Because it's an out and back, you know roughly how you're doing. Mm-hmm. halfway point rather than a circular one which you haven't run before so i was like i thought oh i can do this i, I can actually do this so i got to the halfway point and i was just a shade slower than the than um the 215 i thought oh crikey right so i paced myself on the way back and i thought i can't go any faster than i've been going i'm absolutely flying you know this isn't possible how, how have i done this so i thought well no, that's not the case if i just do this mile at this speed and then the next one at this speed, I'm going to be able to do this. And I just kept doing it. And mm-hmm. I got in in 2.02. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, that's brilliant. Two oh one fifty eight or something. It might have been even less than that. But yeah, it was. That was going some at the end, wasn't it? Exactly. So, uh, but that kind of is is almost proving a point there. I went out thinking, could I get two fifteen? I'd already got two eighteen. I think figured it was possible. It was a flatter course. And then that happened, and I thought, crikey, what else is possible? And actually, things have changed since then. My priorities have changed, and. And I'm, I kind of just got into trail running and, and I'm not so worried about going faster and all that sort of stuff. I quite wanted to see how about how distance helped me, you know, uh, sorry, what I could do in terms of distance and, and stuff like that. But so it's not until you, you do something, you, you surprise yourself with something that you never thought you could do, at least mm. for me anyway, that you wonder hmm, what else is possible <laughs> and you keep pushing the boundary. And that's exciting, isn't it? Mm. I really I try and foster that with clients. I always say to people, when I say, whenever I first start talking to a client, most people you say, so you've contacted me, so what do you want to achieve? And they're almost embarrassed to say what, what they want to achieve. Mm. And then often when they say it though, you can tell that um, what they've told me that they, um, they want to achieve is their, slightly, their goal. I know it's not really, it's the one that, it's the safe one. Yeah. yeah tentative about saying what their actual dream is yeah and i always say we've got to dream 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 big then huh? then find a way of making it work 100%. it's very rare someone is i don't think i honestly can't think of a single time genuinely when a client has said to me okay my dream goal is this and i've thought oh it's not gonna happen um genuinely and i think i've coached over 120 people and I haven't had a single person say something that's not achievable. Yeah, right. Anything. Is why, anything. Is that, why is that? Is that because... Um, yeah, why, why is that? It... Well, I, I do think people are... I think people, first of all, um, like I said before, people are scared. Scared to go for really high, high things. People... Um, going back to what I said right at the beginning about limiting beliefs... We are predisposed, don't you think? Um, we are predisposed as humans to like, subconsciously protect ourselves from failure. failure. Yeah, fear of failure. Yeah, we, so we just feel so I'm scared of failing. say that then, because it's absolutely 100% fear, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, and I, I used to say this all the time to runners, and I still do, the phrase, You've got to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable to get better at running. Uh -huh. You've got to be able to learn to enjoy the feeling of pushing your body. But that's not just true of running. That's true of anything in life. Yeah. Oh. I've, I, I, I personally am a classic example. I'm quite happy to thrash my body to the point of vomit and collapse. <laughs> but in, <laughs> probably too much of that. <laughs> But in terms of um, my business, for example, I've had this massive fa fear of failing and not being very successful. Yep. Until a few months ago, I was sort of hiding under my own little, sh little shell, yeah. frightened of putting myself out there for fear of people saying, oh, you're not actually very good. Yeah. And I'm really, um, I'm really learning myself to identify that. And now I'm every day giving myself the challenge of doing something that I find uncomfortable. So is that your biggest, would you say that's your, your biggest sort of negative trait then? Yes. The I think it is. Not being the person you 
are pretending to be. Yeah, when I first, oh gosh, when I first became a personal trainer, um, I felt like I was carrying, carrying a huge weight of healthiness. So I, I got to the point where I was scared of drinking a beer in public. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was scared of eating a burger if anyone might, a client might see me. Yeah. And I then realized this is such a load of rubbish, Kelly. That, that's, that is just rubbish. You've just, the whole point of being a good personal trainer is showing you that you can, have a, you can eat burgers and you can drink beer in moderation and still be fit as a fiddle, the weight you want to be and have a good body composition. Mm. Um, so I've got over that. But yeah, I think everybody, if they're true to themselves, has an element of a limiting belief in, in, in areas of their lives and possibly over quite a lot of areas of their lives. Yeah, I think you're right. And so I, 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 I get that um, whole beer thing. No, I'm not, I don't get beer. Obviously, I get beer. <laughs> but no, the, the, it's almost um, relatable to being a... When I write books for children. So I had this sort of weird thing that I couldn't swear on in public and social media and stuff like that. Especially social media, especially. Um, I've got to behave because I write these kids' books. I'm like, well, the kids aren't following me. It doesn't matter so much. I mean, yeah, okay, don't, don't be awful to people. That's <laughs> life skill, you know, don't do that. But, but yeah, being... Um, being yourself is is something that's okay, and I think that is where this whole fear of failure thing comes from. Yeah. Is it is it really a fear of failure, or is it a fear of what other people think about our failure? Yes, and, and how much does it matter? And do you think as well? We're kind of also most people um, think that other people think about them an awful lot more than they actually do. percent yeah. <laughs> they don't care. I mean, oh my goodness, the amount of times. Yeah, they've got their own shit going on. So you've got yes. um, that you think give a monkeys about what you're doing. Don't Absolutely. care because they're all worried about their own stuff. I've got a friend at the moment who's, who's reading a really good book that's called Get Over Yourself. Yeah. And it's all about, um, yeah, stop focusing and worrying on what other people are thinking because they're probably not. No. They really aren't. No. Oh, yeah, this is such a, you could have a whole other podcast on that, couldn't you? Um, it's uh, the fear of what other people think when actually they're not even giving you the second um, thought that you think they are. The fear of, of that is just so not worth spending your time on. Imagine if you spent all that time worrying about other people and what they think, actually doing what you really want to do. Mm. How much you would get done that you loved doing. Absolutely. We just, we do, that's one thing I'm conscious of now. I'm consciously trying every day not to waste time on things that I have no control over. Yeah. And just waste of, waste of energy. Uh-huh. Um, so I know you're into journaling, aren't you? I love journaling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> my, I bought one that was a little bit too big this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I a little bit too large. Like started with one like that, but no, I've just got a little one now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I start the day now with an intention, mm. and a lot of my intentions go back to what we started talking about in terms of yeah, um, belief in yourself, motivation. 
So I'm aware that this is an area that I'm working on. So every day I have a, a mantra, if you like, or just an intention, inverted commas, of what that day is going to be about. That kind of keeps me positive and focused on that. Yeah. Um, and I've completely gone off on a tangent. I've forgotten what I was actually meaning to say at the beginning of this sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I can about that. It doesn't matter because nearly everything that we're touching on is going to be common with everyone that we that, that perhaps this, this reaches because every like the whole thing about the journal for example i mean you know if you've got a journal and you write it down and you say um this is something that i want to do today even if it's a, a task you know do the post run or something like that it gets done yes you brought it from right from back here right to the front of your mind so if it's like go out for a run because you don't normally go out for a run and you've written it down. That's almost a, a commitment to say that you're going to do it. Yeah. yeah you know, what happened on day one? Because you might think, oh, I'll just diary that for tomorrow <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you've written it down. It becomes more conscious. conscious. Absolutely. Is that the right word? Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, also I'm finding, I'm getting clients to journal now. Mm. Clients especially clients that have lots of self-doubt who don't believe in themselves who have lots of limiting belief um self-talk going on i'm getting i'm I'm encouraging them to if they don't journal fully to write down and i'm making them write it not just think it yeah um three daily gratitude points right i'm proud i'm proud of myself today for this i'm grateful for this but i get them to focus on themselves and say what you just write down what you've done well um, at least three things. Mm-hmm. And um, here's an example. I had a, I've, had a, I've got a client that I've been coaching for four weeks. Yep. And she, she, um, along the four weeks, she has messaged me numerous times to say, oh, I'm failing. I've just binged on chocolate. <laughs> I've, just, I've eaten this stuff and I'm completely sabotaged myself. I'm like, no, no. Because what, what did you eat well today before that? Write that down write what you've done well yeah. um i've not done the workouts you gave me yeah but have you walked yes i have walked and i've made her write down what she's done well and that's helped her wake up the next day and start again in a positive way as opposed to having this going back to the old ways of self-sabotage but she weighed herself yesterday morning um exactly four weeks of the day and she's lost a stone <laughs> That's with making all them in her head making these catastrophic mistakes. Yep. But it's so easy then because if you get if you have that whole chocolate bar or that massive McDonald's or whatever it is to go well that's buggered it might as well just carry on eating shit with rubbish you know <laughs> 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 might as well because I've, I've buggered it all up um, it actually isn't true at all. Not at all. No, it's not at oh, all. I think oh. that's partly. That's a massive factor in what I do with people is yeah. helping them get out of the all or nothing mindset into it's okay, that happened. Yeah. But I move on tomorrow and it's a, it's a new day. It's that whole, um, oh, I've had a terrible week thing, you know. Um, and um, I think we've all been guilty of it at some point. I'd say guilty, it's probably the wrong word, but it, you see it quite often when people talk about what a terrible day they've had and how that means their life is awful at that moment of time. <laughs> and actually it's, it means the exact opposite it mean, what it means is yeah that was perhaps a terrible week but what about the next thing that you're going to do yeah. you let that week month year 
I mean, I had two years where, where they were the most awful ever since, you know, when my dad died. I had two bloody horrible years, really, really bad years. And actually, I just, I lost this positive guy who I was, who, and I thought I was never going to get that guy back. But then it was because I was dwelling on all these, these bad things and, and the way I was feeling that, were, that was negative that stopped me from going forward. And the minute it clicked, I can do this tomorrow. I stopped thinking about all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, it wasn't quite as, as um, dramatic as it happening in one day or anything like that. But gradually, I just kept focusing on the next few days rather than the last few days. Yeah. And things got better and better and better. And I made changes in my life that, you know, my, my job in insurance was, was really something that I, I wasn't enjoying. The people were fine, but the job was terrible just because of the whole corporate nature of it all. Um, my colleagues were great, but the, the work, so I, I, I just drew a line. It almost doesn't matter why I didn't want to do it. I just drew a line. I said, right, well, I can do something about that. So I said, I'm going to start making something of X, Y, and Z in my life instead. Mm-hmm. And here I am now. So I'm sitting in an office I never thought I'd have. Um, you done so well. You're an amazing example of following your dream. You're so successful. And it's like, it can surprise you actually because i thought what would happen where i'd be right now is and I'm, I'm being careful not to boast but i almost don't care because I'm, no. I'm not boasting the point is you can you can make things happen that you really genuinely don't think are possible just by starting yes the journey and that's why actually i've put a little strap line on on um on my website, which people can go to, and it says, begin it now. And it comes from a wider saying. Uh, it was a Goethe uh, quote. And um, this guy, he, um, the quote is, whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Because boldness, geni- uh, boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. And it's those three words at the end. And I, I just think about it every time I want to do something. I think, yeah, right, we'll make a start then. Let's just do it. Yeah, that's the hardest part is starting it. And then the empowerment you feel from starting it then has a snowball effect of positivity. And I don't know about you, but do you feel like each day, since since making the leap from insurance to what you're doing now, do you feel like um, as the weeks go by, you feel more and more able to... Has your has your goal got even higher where you want to get to with it? I've, yeah, massively. Um, but almost to the point that I haven't got any goals anymore. Does that make sense? I mean, I know, I sort of just think now, I know that that's going to happen. I'm just going to, if I keep doing this, then I'm not going to put a goal, because that goal is a limit. Yes, what you mean. The weird thing is now, I had limits before, perhaps. I was less like that because I was always quite a, yeah, you can achieve lots sort of a person, even though I had that dark couple of years. But yeah, I almost now thought, well, there isn't a limit as to what I can do. So now I've gone beyond this sort of thing of what's achievable, what's not achievable, to to the point of, well, I'm just going to keep going until it stops, you know. That sounds amazing. That's kind of where I'm getting to that stage as well now. Um, I'd always given my, 
because as I said before, my issue has always been my in my professional self belief uh -huh. as opposed to my fitness belief, and I'd always um. Yeah, I, I used to wake up petrified of looking at my bank balance and the financial side of things and thinking, oh, I'm so rubbish at making money. <laughs> and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not the next Donald Trump. I'm, I'm, I don't, I, 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 have, I have no um, need to be a multimillionaire, if I'm honest. But... Um, not where the joy is, is it? The money isn't... No, there. absolutely not. And I've gone, you know, I, initially it was like, right, Kelly, Kelly, you've got to pull your finger out. You've got to just, um, yeah, be a better, be a better PT, and then you'll be able to earn this much, and then life will be a bit easier. But yeah. the more and more, like you said, the, um, every every week, I think I'm feeling more positive about what I'm doing and how I'm helping people. Mm. That my original number's gone now. I'm doing it it's fine, and I'm yeah, I'm just like yourself, just enjoying the journey of just feeling great when I wake up. I don't longer, I no longer, I no longer feel in fear of life good because that is what it's all about isn't it once you get comfortable with so I, my my <clears throat> flipping it back to to where i was what october when i handed my notice in uh at the uh, the insurance job which incidentally i'm still doing i'm still giving them a day a week um in terms of time uh because yeah. i wanted a safety net <laughs> and they needed some help still so i agreed to do that but the point is the thing that, um, that I needed to achieve at that point was to replace um, the equivalent of my outgoings with what I wanted to do. Now, that wasn't to replace my salary because the salary wasn't important. It was my outgoings. As long as I can cover the bills, the rest of it, I couldn't care less about. I'm not worried. So I sold my car. I had a relatively new car. It wasn't a flashy car, but it was a new car and I loved it I really loved it um, but I only loved it because I thought it was cool got rid of that got an older version of it with dents in it and all the rest of it to free up some cash to make this a bit more achievable so that gave me a little bit of a boost um, and there wasn't a lot of cash so you know you can start I could have started this with nothing it was just a little bit quicker um, to, to do so yeah I think it was just a case of realizing what was important and I've forgotten where I'm going with this now but uh, <laughs> but the, that's what it was I just sort of um I, I the goal was was so much smaller than actually what what is possible all I wanted to do was achieve um the the equivalent of my outgoings and what that's now enabled me to do is I've surpassed that with the turnover and almost everything over and above that amount I'm putting back in to help other people do the same as I've done with their books. Mm. There's a million times more joy in that. So it comes back to your, your coaching side of things. Absolutely. Give that back to people. Giving, like I set up a free group in lockdown, like a community um, group where I'm focusing lots of energy each week on helping people with their health, fitness and hmm. well-being and doing lots of stuff on motivation. And that's, that's been the most rewarding part of, of lockdown for me, hmm. not earning more money or earning money. It's been yeah. the joy of helping people. And um, going back to right at the very beginning, talking about limiting beliefs and um, we talk about goals and so what you've just said is really important because you've, you gave yourself achievable goals. Yeah. So what I say to people, set yourself goals, make sure that 
you know, being having achievable goals is vital. So you don't have ever, you don't have the, um, the letdown of never reaching it. Mm. But going back to like, there's my parting words with the limiting beliefs thing is, um, how do you want to, I say to people, how do you want to feel? Forget about running fast or being a certain weight. How do you, how do you want to wake up and feel? And that I think is huge. And a lot of stuff I'm doing at the moment is saying to people, okay, so, and it kind of evokes, I get answers like, oh, I just want to feel happy. I want to feel confident. They don't want to wake up and feel thin. They want to wake up and feel confident. Feel they want happy. content, happy. Yeah. They want to feel, um, yeah, they want to just not be scared of their own skin anymore. Uh -huh. So I say, one of the biggest things I say to people at the minute is, okay, okay, I want you to visualize who you want to be in however many months time, there might be a month's time, it might be 12 months time, and regularly put yourself in those shoes and just think, okay, if I, if I woke up and felt like this, how would I feel about this in my normal day-to-day -day life? How would this feel to me being my new me? Yes. I say to people, you can be that person. Uh -huh. You totally can be that person. You just need to... Yeah, take away your barriers and limitations because you're often setting them. They just set there by your own subconscious mind. I think when you when you said about the um, the gratitude thing, um, the the things that you, if you can focus your mind on on what you've got that's so much more. Um, no, I'm, I'm going down the wrong road here. If you can focus your mind on what you've got that's good, yes, in the air in your lungs. You know, it could be the the fact that you can see the sky or feel you know being alive or something like that you know it could be as simple as that just being alive some people might not see it as a positive but there'll be something in even the most desperate person's mind that they're grateful for so having those things and focusing just on those things that you're happy about and getting them down maybe on paper or saying them out loud um you know a lot of people might sort of shrink away at that whole saying it out loud and writing stuff like this down because it's a bit too huge. Yeah, people think it's a bit gushy. I must admit, I personally, I've always, I'd always been a bit of a, not a cynic, but I personally had always been a bit like, oh, it's a little bit too airy-fairy and a bit hippie-ish for me. Yeah. But I, I've seen the light, actually. Yeah, I, mean, I am eating my words mm -hmm. because <laughs> it's so powerful. Yeah. So Pavel, I was going to say, I mean, I've always been a bit freaked out by the term meditation. Yeah. I am having a go at meditation myself. I'm, I'm, I have a very busy, frantic mind and I, I'm trying to slow it down. But one thing I keep doing, which I've been doing more in lockdown, it's given me the chance to, is actually just stopping. Yeah. Stopping yeah. in the moment. Just being, how many of us are present in the moment, in the now? How many of us are thinking about, oh no, should have done that? Or, oh no, I've got to do this. Yeah. We're not in the now, are we? Yeah, exactly. And I think that can give you all sorts of headaches because if actually if you're not in the moment, you're probably doing the list of things that you've got to do in your head. Um, yeah. That's far, far too unmanageable to do it all at once. So if you've got this um, bunch of post-it notes around the house and list of household chores to do, um, plus you've got, I want to get thin, I want to run faster, all that stuff, you know, you think you want to, you want to do it all at once and it just becomes completely impossible. 
Yeah, it does. Until Absolutely. Bring it down to perhaps even a sheet of paper or as you say, the mindfulness. I think that's what maybe the journaling thing does is it brings it down to one thing at a time. Yeah. Forces you to be mindful about that one job. And in terms of the um in terms of the journaling we talked about, I find yeah, my journals made me more organized, but it's also helping me to dream big. Yeah. I've got a section in my journal at the back, which I just put dreams on. I put my dream ideas. And when I first write them down, they seem like this massive monumental, like <laughs> unachievable dream. But when I often go look at, look, when I go back and look at them like a month or, month or two later, I often think, I know how to start that now. I know how to start that. I've got, I've, I've got a way in. I can do that. Yeah. Um, getting stuff out of your head onto paper is so important. Yeah. So important. I thought um, to, to just sort of put that into context, I thought at, I think October last year, I put out <clears throat> the Stour Valley Publishing website. So I made that live. And on that, well, there was a, um, a section which was inviting submissions from, from authors. And I was hoping that I would maybe get five to ten submissions. Uh, and I wanted to work on two to three books this year. Okay? Two to three books this year. Um, because I figured that would be enough for me. I, I'd never be able to manage more than that. It'd be impossible. Because it's just impossible, isn't it? <laughs> there we go. You know, it's impossible. Um, and this year, so far having started the process of publishing books on the 20th of February, I think. We're now, what, 10th of June? We've got five books. This is the latest one. Five books actually in print, published already. And my plan now is to do two, to get two to print every month. Yeah, great. That's brilliant. I... But, Just but the is, you know, that wasn't possible in October last year. I'm no different. No. I'm the same bloke. What's the mindset? Do you know what? It's it is so mindset driven. Like I am, um, and I don't know about you, but there's there's something special about if you give things away freely without expecting things in return uh, and helping yeah. people. You suddenly, you become richer as a person, oh, not just monetarily. Oh, it's true, isn't it? I've got goose pimples now. <laughs> it's true that if you, the more you give, the, without wanting to get it back. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the reward is immense. So some of the people that you you might have been expecting it back from, because we all we've all done it, we've all given and thought, well, they've not done anything back. They probably don't know how to give. So they haven't worked that part of it out yet, and that's fine. You know, we need to stop judging people for not giving back. Yeah, we do definitely. People, yeah, I think um, you and I are both quite we're very extrovert, outgoing people. So, um, I most people I train are not as extrovert, yeah. and they don't kind of communicate so easily with other other people. They need to be given stuff. They need it more than be, and they don't have the ability to give. And, and it might be 5, 10, 15 years. They might never get to the point where they're able to give. Yeah, but absolutely. That, why, why does that matter to me, what, what they can or can't give? 
do you know the most powerful things I read actually my mid-20s I read I, I, I just read the life of Pi oh right yeah There's a section in the life of Pi that talks at the time I was um you know classic in classic insecure um haven't quite got married woman and I sorry stereotype was all women there but I was in that I was in that kind of really insecure place in my head that's having spoken to lots of my girlfriends I think lots of us have been there and um yeah and and I was yeah I was definitely not so happy in my own skin uh-huh. and if ever I said to my partner I love you I kind of said it because I needed him to say it back. Yeah. I needed the affirmation that he did love me. Yeah. So I was saying it for the wrong reasons. And then I read Life of Pi and this one section, um, one of the characters says, never say I love you, hoping to hear it back. You've got to give it away and not want it back. Yeah, before." And I was like, wow. Oh my God, that's so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. And to this day, I've never said to my husband, I love you, wanting to hear it back. No. He does say it back. He's like, oh, that was quite nice. But I That's give because of what, how I want him to feel, yeah. not because I need, not because of the knock-on effect feel that I get from it. Yeah, it's like that. It's the whole gift. The other, the other analogy is the whole um, birthday and Christmas gift. thing. You know, oh, well, what are you buying them a gift for? They never get you one. Not the point, is it? Yeah, the point is you're giving that person a gift because you want to give that person a gift. And the minute you start giving because they give you something, um, or just because of that, you, mm. you're going to start resenting stuff. You know? I hate receiving, if I'm honest. I love giving. The joy, I mean, at Christmas time, I adore finding presents for people. On Christmas Day, I get really self-conscious about opening presents. I'm like, no one look at me. <laughs> I don't like, I get really embarrassed if I get given presents. It's not, Christmas for me is seeing other people's faces when they open their presents and the joy they bring. Yeah, so not, I'm, not getting... I'm crap at going out and doing the practical side of gift shopping. I, 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 you know, I'm the guy who spends 20 minutes on the internet on the <laughs> day, day before Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever but I'm, so I'm really really bad at that i love seeing people get the gift and i love people um, seeing people open it and all the smiles and all the things that you said but i also really love getting gifts do you love it love getting stuff um i like opening boxes even the mail when it comes in you know it doesn't matter oh, yeah. for me in the offices where i used to work i used to love opening the boxes that were for other people <laughs> just because I like the feeling of just opening it, oh, what's that? And even if it was like bog roll or something like that, oh, which was actually quite I still like it. So, and I don't think there's anything wrong with liking that stuff necessarily. Um, but I think it's that whole, you know, bringing it back to, to what we were talking about, giving stuff and expecting something in return is the road to, to misery, really, because you ain't always going to get it. Not because that other person is a bad person, but because they just aren't that. They don't have to give. They don't have to give. And I think if we can just, I think that's what I like about, um, so every morning I I try and put out a positive post. I look at my previous day, have a little chat about that, talk about my stuff. Then I try and say something that's going to help someone else that I've either learned about the, the previous day or things that I've found useful myself and I give it to other people mm. just by writing stuff down. 
And there's a handful of people that really enjoy reading what I've had to say. Some people have been really thankful for some of the things that I've got to say, but I don't need anything back. You know, I, I'm not looking for 52 likes and 72 um, you know, <laughs> shares and all that sort of stuff. What I get more from is people coming back and saying, oh, do you know what? I found that really valuable. Absolutely. I don't want, I don't want them to do something for me. <laughs> do you know, I occasionally will get someone who's been following the group, who's been quietly listening to the lives, quietly following the posts, and hasn't commented. I haven't even known they've been following. And I'll get another message out of the blue saying, thank you so much for your talk on sleep. I hadn't realised how poor my sleep was. This week I've slept, I've made a point to go to bed earlier and my goodness, I've just felt so much less anxious. Oh. So, yeah. So you've probably got just, about another 10 or 15 that will never ever send you a message. Absolutely. I'm one of those people actually. I'm a silent, I'm a kind of, um, do you know what, I've got a really... <laughs> I, with with you'll probably sympathise with this. With work, I have to I have to use social media for work, so I have a lot of notifications to get through as part of my day. So, from from a personal perspective, on um on Facebook, I'm a bit of a silent observer, but I suck at, I suck so much positive energy out of Facebook from the likes of you <laughs> and other people. But I'm not I I don't tend to. I don't tend to have um, the time to sort of interact necessarily with the person who's giving it, but it's having a massive effect on me. Yeah. Absolutely is. Yeah, it does, does for me too. So I've, I started putting that post out just as text on, on Facebook right at the start of lockdown. Yeah. For me. Because yeah. I, I found it really challenging going into lockdown and also just doing what I'm doing, um, but I just wanted to get my stuff down. And I also want, wanted people to realize how, um, so in doing what I was doing, I wanted people to realize how anything that they wanted to do was, was possible. And I was seeing lots of negative posts and that was where it kind of really got some, some cadence was I helped people to ignore the negative posts or to not comment because people were talking about the whole way that the, um, that the lockdown was being um, dealt with, the, the, the virus, and, and they were talking about how the world was going to end and all these <laughs> thoughts, and you know, which might be possible, but actually, what are you going to do about that? And I think that's what it was. I just kept getting, um, I kept trying to help people to, to sort of look past the negative posts on their, their feed and pick out the good ones and have a chat about the good stuff and people got so much out of that that I started to share that same post on my LinkedIn account. And I, I um, shared it to Twitter and I recorded an audio link because I know that um, uh, my cousin, um, she can't see. So she might want to listen to it or people might not have the time to read it. Now, I, three people maybe have listened to the audio version, but I still put it out every day and I now record it for video. Not because it will be useful now, but it might be useful to someone in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what you said a little while ago about um, initially you just used to get these thoughts down on paper for you because you were struggling. Same with me. I, um, I felt very anxious at the start of lockdown. I felt very scared about 
well, my husband was really poorly with, with COVID. Yeah. Um, we think it was COVID, still oh. is poorly, sadly, 10 weeks on. And I, um, it was a really uncertain time financially. And obviously my husband was really poorly, yeah. but I, but I had this, like, this um, unwavering need to help people through, through lockdown with their health and fitness and mental well-being. So I started off by doing children's workouts every day. Yeah. Um, then due to getting ill with COVID myself, that kind, of, that kind of scuppered that for a while. But then I then turned my, atten yeah, my attention to then creating this group for adults. And yeah, it's been therapy for me as well. I've really, I've personally grown so much as a PT by doing it yeah okay so you're, you're, you're giving all that what yeah you you reap you reap that reward and it is a bit of a again it goes back to that saying the um that you reap what you sow but i really truly believe it um and you don't necessarily yeah. reap it in the, in the way that you might in you might have intention sorry you might have thought um that was that was possible you you you, you or in the way that you thought was uh, it was going to happen you 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 put stuff, good stuff out there. Good stuff comes in through the back door and through the window, and not through the way that, that you perhaps expected it or hoped it. Even if you didn't do it intentionally to expect something back, if you did good stuff, it will come back and get you in some other way. Yeah, it's so good. I'm a massive, massive, massive believer in karma, and like in a positive way. They're not as much a negative way. In a positive way. Yeah. And Good things will good things will come come round if you give good things. Yeah, I think so. And I also a big believer that um, every negative. I was had this chat. When I was out running with a good friend yesterday morning, and she's having a really rough time at the minute. Mm. And I said, you know what? You're having a really rough time, but you're going to grow as a person through this rough time. Yeah. And you're going to come out of the side. Um, and you're going to be stronger. You're going to learn more about yourself. Every time a bad thing happens to me, like at the start of lockdown, um, I was petrified. But I just, but it's, but it's brought so much goodness uh -huh. to my life. Yeah. So I, I'm very, I don't think, I don't think any bad situation I've gone through yet in life has truly had purely a negative effect on me. No. It's helped me. No, at that moment, it will certainly have, have had those negative effects at that moment. But the yeah. effect is not negative. No, absolutely not. We always come through the. I know it's a bit of cliche, but you do come out stronger. You do come out stronger, but also I think you need to um, you need to help other people to realise that that's possible. So, yeah, for example, you know, we're going through grief, or we're going through um, a physical challenge, or something like that. Like, for example, um, the, the Lakeland Fifty. I got mm -hmm. halfway through that. I was giving it up. That's it. I was done. I wasn't carrying on. Why should I? You know, I've got nothing to prove to anyone else. But then I sat for 20 minutes, regrouped, had some food, carried on, and thought, well, I'll just get to the next checkpoint, and then broke it down. And, and I achieved, I managed to get to that point. So now I've got the ability, so I know what I can achieve is way more than I thought was, was possible. And I can say to someone else, yeah, I know, I've been there, and this is how you can get the job done. You can give it to someone else. How good is that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The imparting of knowledge is so 
It's so empowering, isn't it? Well, that's the point. Giving people power, more, you know, is is just the best feeling. So if you've got that in you, anyone that's listening to this at some point in the future, anyone that's listening to it, if they've got the ability to help someone else to do something that you thought you couldn't do because you you've done it, I mean, how good is that? You can do it for free. You give it to someone for free and they manage it. You're going to feel fabulous doing it. Absolutely. That goes back right to the, um, the, the beginning. So the power of, yeah, the power of shifting someone's mindset from negative to positive. Oh, I just, it's the biggest gift. Mm -hmm. I think you can give someone the, um, yeah, it, removing our limiting, our limiting thoughts yeah. and, become, and empowering someone with self-belief is, yeah, is, is life-changing, yeah. totally life-changing. It really is. And, and, you know, how much better it is to do that than to go to someone, well, you're never going to do that. Absolutely. There's no way you're going to achieve that. Or why are you even bothering to try doing this? Mm. Because that's all the sort I mean, what sort of a weird thing is that to say? If you, when you think about it to someone, if someone says, oh, I really want to go and do X, Y, and Z. And then to actually say to them, no, you'll never be able to do that. Forget it. Why bother? Too many people are quite happy to pour water on people's dreams. Yeah. When I first said out loud, I wanted to be a personal trainer. I had so many people <laughs> say, well, you want to give up your real job? Yeah. I know you it give up your real job in sales and marketing where yeah. i was never ever going to be the next alan sugar or i was never going to achieve because <laughs> i was rubbish at it and hated it but despite the fact i was so passionate about health and fitness oh i had so many people who were willing to give me negative feedback on my dream now i laugh at those people yeah and say so yeah, don't, yeah, don't listen to, it's very, I must admit, I, I possibly was quite unlucky with the amount of negative feedback I had, but in life, I think we should, yeah, block out those negative people, those negative voices, yeah. they're probably coming from a very negative place themselves, so we're not very happy. Yeah, I think that's it, and it's not so much, um, uh, you don't need to sort of judge that other person, but mm. just to, to, to you know, if you put them, yourself in their position, and look at actually, where they're coming from are they in a position where they can tell you that that's not possible even absolutely whatever what evidence i so i i live with a phrase now what evidence is there for that yeah. <laughs> it's like i'm a cbt therapist nowadays what evidence have you got to support that thought yeah you know and it's almost as simple as saying you know if you think if you've got this thought where i can't do that um, I heard it said, um, Marie Forleo, she does a great podcast, American, um, American lady, fabulous podcast, Everything is fig Figure Outable. She wrote a book um, called Everything is Figure Outable. And she just put it so simply, when you think I can't do that, switch it and, call, and, and just say to yourself, how can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. That's just a simple switch in mindset. How can yep. I? And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can get your head around it, then and we need. And I think just if if we can help other people do it, no matter how much we've achieved in our life, even if you you know, if you're if you think you're at the doldrums of, of society or whatever it is, 
you can still flip that and give someone else some encouragement we should do more of these we should um ask people so anyone who's listening to this you should let us know you know what um carl and i are passionate about helping other people so mm. we should find out what our listeners would like us to help with and we should do more of these yeah, well, be... ring in be... yeah <laughs> like that that'd be great we're gonna tv show carl after lockdown <laughs> <laughs> why isn't it possible absolutely but yeah absolutely. tv so yesterday anyway i know yeah absolutely it's online we know that don't we so <laughs> bring it in then so we're wrapping it up obviously we've done about an hour now so <laughs> parting shot kelly parting shot do not let your own head stop you from achieving your true potential yeah and mine, mine is simply beginning now whatever it is Whatever it is you want to do, just do it. Start it today. Absolutely. Today, today yeah. You've got, a, you've got this, one of these phone things. You know, if it's a business, you can start it on that today, right now. Exactly. And, um, yeah, my limit, the limit, the first thing I do with the client is my limiting beliefs exercise. And it really is, um, it's so, it takes, takes someone like 15 minutes to go through it. And, wow do they come a long way in just 15 minutes is that the sort of thing that we could do on another episode yeah we could actually so get this. i could do it with you couldn't i, like, oh, I don't think you've, you've got any have you Carl? Really, i must admit i haven't got any limited beliefs <laughs> <laughs> I have. I but then you know we could try it with anyone couldn't we yeah we could yeah we could be good actually all right okay real so um We'll call it a day there. Well, Thanks thank to everyone you. that's listened. Yeah, thank you. So there we have it. Positivity, believing you can, getting it started. Um, leave us your comments. Uh, tell us what you think, uh, good or bad. Feedback's always uh, always interesting. Uh, more importantly, keep yourself subscribed to the podcast. Uh, Kelly will also be bringing out her own podcast very soon. So. Uh, we'll try and put the link up in the in the notes. But uh, stoked to have you listen. I really appreciate it. Uh, I know Kelly does too. And uh, look forward to uh, to having perhaps another chit-chat with, uh, with Kelly about something on a more specific level uh, at some point in the future. Uh, share this podcast with your friends. That would be awesome. Subscribe and have an awesome day. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Hey guys, welcome to uh, to the podcast. Uh, it's called the Why Not Podcast because I couldn't think of anything else to call it. And today I am speaking with Kelly Mepham. Now, Kelly Mepham is a fitness trainer, running coach, and all-round positive dudette. She is uh, quite an inspiration in herself, an accomplished athlete, and just a jolly nice girl. So... Let's get into the show where we talk about positivity and shifting yourself from that negative mindset that's been dragging you down. So here we go. Let's get into the show.